This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So, you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall, rock-climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So, whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. You are fast approaching your baby's first birthday. In the past month, you have noticed a dramatic change in her independence and wonder what lies ahead now that you are entering the world of the toddler. How can this transition go as smoothly as possible for both of you? This is Newbies. He's gorgeous. Um, it's a girl. Surprise! The whole family's here! So when are you having the next one? It's just poop. Ready for another? Wow, you look really tired. Ready to go back to work? Yellow poop, seriously? Did you sterilize this? Sex? Now? You've got to be joking. You should sleep when the baby sleeps. She doesn't look anything like you. I thought you already had your baby. I did. Babies don't come with instructions, so there's newbies, helping new moms and new babies through the first year. Welcome to Newbies. Newbies is your online, on-the-go support group guiding new mothers through their baby's first year. I'm your host, Kristen Stratton, certified birth doula, postpartum doula, and owner of Induce Season Doula Services. If you haven't already, be sure to visit our website at newmommymedia.com and subscribe to our weekly newsletter. You can also subscribe through iTunes, so you'll automatically get new episodes when they're released. Here's Sunny with details on how you can get involved with newbies. Okay, so you guys may have heard us talk on the show before about our apps, and we love our apps because we're busy moms and we're on the go, and sometimes it's just helpful to have things right with you on your phone. I know a lot of us use apps for different parenting things or maybe perhaps to entertain our kids at certain points, so I just want to encourage you to download our apps if you haven't already. It's a great resource, and then also, if you happen to be on iTunes, a great way for you guys to help us out is to leave an iTunes review because... Because this is how people find out about our shows. So uh, a huge portion of our audience comes directly from iTunes. And the best way to discover new content on iTunes is through basically recommendations that iTunes gives you. So it's like, hey, if you like this content, you'll also like this content. And it rates that according to ratings and reviews. So if you like newbies, even if you you have some suggestions for the show, I'm all ears. It's totally fine. But go to the ratings and review section. You can do that through if you guys have an iPhone and you have like a general, I think it's a podcast app on iTunes. So if you haven't downloaded the Newbies app or the New Mommy Media app and you're just listening that way, you can find Newbies on iTunes through that. Just go to the ratings and reviews section on the Newbies page. It's the exact same thing if you happen to be listening through the app on your computer. If you're on iTunes, again, go to the Newbies page. And there's direct links to this on our website if you want to access it that way or if you just want to search on iTunes. But again, it just takes a couple minutes. You can leave a star rating. You can also leave actual comments. Both are really helpful. I think I'm actually going to start reading some reviews. I think that'll be kind of fun to read some of the reviews on the show in the future. So I'm thinking about that. So that's another great way. You know, hey, if you want to leave a review, your review may actually make it on the show. So um, if you have a couple minutes, do that. And it helps our show out tremendously. Let's meet the mamas joining our conversation today. Tell us a little bit about yourself, your family, and your experience with today's topic. Go ahead, Bianca. Hi, I'm Bianca Jamat. I am the creator of the web series Real Mommy Confessions. 
You can find us everywhere online. We have um, our Facebook page, which is Real Mommy Confessions, the series. And what we do is we get confessions from moms all over the world, and we turn their confessions into two-minute comedy videos or episodes. It's been really fun. We've met so many wonderful moms, and it's kind of our way of you know, banding together and saying, hey, we're all a little crazy and having children is insane, but, you know, at least we're all in it together. So uh, that's what I do. I have two toddlers, or I don't even know if they're technically toddlers anymore. My daughter is four and my son is three. And today I'm here talking about delayed postpartum depression. I think having my two children back to back kind of kept me in my mom hormone zone for you know, the whole time that I was pregnant and then breastfeeding and then pregnant right away again. And then um, I breastfed my son uh, until he was 13 months. And about two months later, I crashed and burned. I just noticed I was irritable all the time and I felt awful. And I had dealt with depression a bit in my early 20s. So I kind of knew that feeling. And um, it was scary and it was interesting. And I've been medicated for it since. And uh, yeah, so here to talk about that. Well, thank you so much for being here today. Sounds familiar. If your baby is going through another bout of bad diaper rash, then you need to give Dr. Mom Butt Balm a try. It was created by a mom who's also a doctor. When my kids were little, I remember using this thick, goopy cream to help soothe their sensitive skin. Ugh, it was so difficult to wipe off. Not with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. You only need a small amount, and it's really easy to apply and remove. It's also free of dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide, so it's gentle on your baby's delicate skin. Help your baby feel better and get relief from irritating diaper rash with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. Look for it on Amazon and Walmart.com. So before we dive into our interview today, I want to tell you about an important event coming up this month. It's called Climb Out of the Darkness, and it is the world's largest event raising awareness for maternal mental illnesses, such as delayed postpartum depression, like we're talking about today. Julie Thorpe Lopez is one of the co-organizers for the San Diego portion of this worldwide event, and she's joining us now. Hi, Julie. Thanks for being with us. Hi, Sunny. Thank you so much for having me. All right, Julie, tell us a little bit more about this event and the overall goal. Absolutely. The event is put on by Postpartum Progress Incorporated. It's a nonprofit organization focused on improving awareness of perinatal and postpartum mental illness and providing peer support for families who are suffering with them. So Climate of the Darkness is our annual awareness raising event. We are in our fourth year and the goal is to help alleviate the stigma associated with postpartum and perinatal mental illness. It's a climb to symbolize the climb out of the darkness that a lot of families face when they are struggling with postpartum mental illness. It takes place on the longest or close to the longest day of the year, every year. And that's to help shine the most light on perinatal mood and anxiety disorders. So like you said, the the climb takes place all over the world on the same day. And our local San Diego event will be taking place at Kate Sessions Park down in PB. It's June 18th from 9 to noon. And 
we will be meeting at nine o'clock and do our climb together with our participants. It'll be an easy climb, so kids and dogs are welcome to come and participate. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> All right. So we mentioned there was a bunch of different locations for this. So mamas, when you're listening to this and you're like, I'm not in San Diego, it's okay. We're going to include a link to the site that shows you all the different locations. In fact, Julie and I were just going through and looking at some of these. And again, it's worldwide. So we're not just talking about within the United States, although there's tons of locations in the US. But we are noticing some, Julie, in Canada. Where else? We found some other ones. We have a climb in Scotland, we have lots of climbs in Canada, we have a climb in Brazil, and we have a climb in Dubai this year. We are in almost all 50 states, and if you happen to click on that climb map at postpartumprogress.org and you don't see a climb in your city, by all means, organize one. You can contact us at Postpartum Progress. We definitely want to make sure that there is a climb in every city. That's awesome. All right. So tell us, Julie, a little bit about your involvement. And I know this is a topic that's really important to you. So tell us a little bit more about that. Sure. Well, I am the mother of a three-year-old little boy, and I personally suffered with postpartum depression and was not diagnosed until 14 months after he was born. I had some pretty intense anxiety after his birth and was actually evaluated in the first week after he was born for postpartum mood issues and was told that um, everything looked normal. So I kind of just went about trying to figure out how to be a new mom and didn't know very much about postpartum mood issues or disorders. So I didn't really know that what I was experiencing probably was um, at least a little bit of postpartum depression and anxiety. I was in a pretty bad car accident five months after my son was born, and that really intensified the anxiety I was having in my role as a mom. But I was so afraid of the stigma attached to postpartum mood disorders. The little that I did know about it was pretty much all bad. So I really hid a lot of my feelings and a lot of the symptoms that I was having. I was actually, I was seeing um, a wonderful psychologist at the time for what I was experiencing after the car accident. And I was even afraid to talk with my psychologist about the stuff that I was feeling related to what was finally diagnosed as postpartum depression 14 months later. After I was diagnosed and started to get treatment and recover really pretty quickly, I thought, wow, I really want to know more about this. I, I really I didn't know any other moms who had suffered what I had gone through, and I felt really alone. So I started doing some research, and I found postpartum progress, and I learned that these diseases are really common. One in seven moms will get a perinatal mood disorder, which is almost a million moms in the United States alone annually, and only 15% of those women actually seek help. So that means that we have, you know, potentially half a million moms in the United States alone that are, are struggling with something that's totally treatable. So I wanted to get more involved in raising awareness and helping alleviate that stigma. So I got connected with Postpartum Progress, and this year I'm, I'm helping organize the climb with my co-leader, Jessica. 
I love it. And that's why (laughs) these events are so important to get the message out there that mamas, you're not alone. And it's something that so many women go through. And so that's why we have events like this. This is why we do episodes like the one we're doing today, because it's just, it's so important. So Julie, for our listeners out there, that are like, hey, I really want to get involved. I know we mentioned a little earlier that you can go to the website, Um, explain the process a little bit more if they want to join. Absolutely. So if you're in San Diego, you can visit our San Diego Facebook page. And there you can find out more about our event and find out how to register. That's facebook.com slash climboutsandiego2016. If you want to find a climb in your city, you'll want to go to postpartumprogress.org. And we have the handy dandy map that we were talking about earlier. You can find your city, click on the city, and you will be routed to a registration page for your city. It's through the CrowdRise website, which is our platform for both registration and fundraising. Registration is required and fundraising is optional. So that's basically how you would find the climb in your city if you have any questions about the San Diego climb or any of the other climbs nationwide or in another country, you can always contact us through either the Facebook page or through the postpartumprogress.org website contact link. And again, yeah, if there's not an event in your city, then you're more than welcome to create one. It's not too late. I asked Julie, is it too late? She said, no, it's not too late. So mamas, you can still get involved if you want to. And obviously a great cause, something we fully support. Julie, thanks so much for being with us today. We appreciate your time and thank you for co-organizing this event. Thank you. Knock that fire down, 19. Copy, Captain. Let's move. ABC Thursdays. Firefighters, we're family. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. The subject has explosive chemicals. Get down! With fiery romances. You're the love of my life. And Andy is finally in charge. I'm going to be the best damn captain the station has ever seen. Station 19. All new Thursdays, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Today we are continuing our series on delayed postpartum depression by discussing the transition to a toddler. Our expert today is Dr. Ruth Newman, founder and CEO of the Newton Center for Affect Regulation. Thank you for joining us today, Dr. Newton, and welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me. Dr. Newton, can you please explain what is affect regulation? Well, affect regulation is actually a neurobiological term that describes the inner world of emotional regulation. For instance, if our children are emotional or if we are emotional, we look a certain way on the outside, but what's going on in the brain is connections, regulatory centers in the deep limbic system, and we use affect to describe the whole thing. So inside and out means affect regulation. Well, anyone who's raised a toddler definitely knows there's a lot going on. (laughs) Well, that's why we're here today, isn't it? So with that, what major developmental milestones do we normally associate with toddlers at the 12-month mark? Well, this is a great question because there's actually two developmental stages in the first year of life. The first one is the tail end of infants, which is 12 months to 18 months. And then the second, which is what the official toddler stage is, starts at 18 months and goes up to actually three. 
the major task of infants is the attachment itself. If it's secure enough and the child feels uh, secure with the parents and is starting to explore, we're good to go. By the time they get to 18 months, though, there's so much more brain power on board. They're so much able to understand what others' intentions are. It's the beginning of self-development. They can now refer to themselves as I and me. So there's quite a bit of difference in these two developmental stages. We consider the task of the toddler stage is to develop agency. That's a word we use, which means that the toddler feels secure enough to act on the world, to pursue what they want. Of course, we have to shape that more than often, but they're pursuing what they want. So that's um, what those two stages are all about. A typically developing toddler would very likely be mobile, either walking or preparing to walk. So what does this new independence do for them behaviorally? Well, when walking infants are starting to be upright, the big behavioral change in them is elation. And you can't help but notice that. If you've been to any airport, you will hear some toddler giggling and laughing as some parent is lumbering behind going, I'm going to get you. This is the age where there's a lot of excitement about the new task of being able to leave the parent and explore, uh, which is typical and normal, and we want that. But that doesn't mean that they don't need to come back for a hug or reassurance. So you start to see the, the natural movement of development is away from the parent and then back for security, away to explore, back for security. And you'll actually see this uh, rhythm all throughout life. So parents, do you remember when your baby turned one and seeing them grow into their own person, Bianca? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, especially my daughter. My son is a bit of a mama's boy. So he, he's three now and he's still, his comfort thing is putting his finger in my belly button. So and that's how he falls asleep. So he's always been a bit more attached. But my daughter, man, the second she, she started walking early, she started talking early, she was just ready to go. And like, Dr. Newton said she would come back and check in and always, I mean, she still does. She's four. She'll make sure she can see me and get my, okay, you're fine. But yeah, it was really wonderful. I loved watching that. I loved watching her react to people and venture out on her own. I was already pregnant with my second, so it was kind of nice. You know, Bianca, I can completely relate to that because I had three kids in three and a half years. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. I know. Everyone's going. <gasps> yeah, all our hearts yeah, just stopped. <laughs> yeah. That's the military life. Nice. They, they leave. They come back. They get you pregnant. They leave again. <laughs> so all the military wives listening are like, yep. Yep. (laughs) No, it's funny because I'm married to a firefighter. And the second, after our first date, my roommate looked at me, he goes, you're going to marry him and then you're going to breed because that's what that kind of guy does. (laughs) Yep. I know, right? (laughs) I mean, but my daughter was kind of similar to her. She was just, once she figured out she can move, she was like, bye, see ya. The thing about them being upright and can move out to explore is that they'll visually reference you. And that's, right. that's when you can tell that your attachment is really secure. They just have to look at you. Does it look like it's okay? Then off they go. I love that look. You know, uh, I bet you do. Yeah, I thought I thought that all these milestones would make me sad because oh, my baby's leaving. But I love seeing that. Okay, what? I feel like I'm screwing it up all the time. But at least some of the things like I'm like, okay, she she knows I'm here. 
she's checking in and she feels confident enough to go and explore. And, um, so I really love that look. I love getting it now, even though she's much older and it's usually, you know, she's about to jump off of something very high. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what are you going to do about it? Look? Exactly. <laughs> Right. How fast can you run, Mom? <laughs> exactly. I'm so glad we've all been there. <laughs> Mama ninjas. We're all ninjas. Yes, that's exactly the word I use. I'm like, yeah, I have ninja skills now that I've become a mom. I'm yep. super fast and I hear everything. So, Dr. Newton, with their new mobility, their growing sense of self, how does this change the relationship between the child and the mother as, or the primary caretaker? Well, I think, as Bianca said, it can be a certain freedom and excitement to see your child kind of move away and explore and have all these different skills. And I think that if everything is going as a typical development goes and mom doesn't feel like super depressed, it goes very well. And there's an excitement about having your child have this level of skill. What I have seen and and certainly has been my experience is if moms are very depressed, the toddler period can be tough because you've got to move with them. It's not like if you don't feel like getting up, you can kind of stay down with a toddler. You've got to kind of go with them. And so I've seen that as being hard for moms who are depressed. But moms who aren't depressed, um, it is a lot of work. And Bianca, if you had two (laughs) kind of in the same stage, and it sounds like that would be a lot of work. It is a lot of work. Toddlers move. They move a lot. And not only that, they have tantrums. you got to teach them to share, and they hate sharing. Their first words are usually no and mine. So there you go. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And very loudly. Yeah, very loudly, yeah. The volume, it's interesting because, so I started feeling depressed shortly after I weaned my son Casey. So he was around 15 months. And so the volume between the older toddler and the younger toddler, that's kind of how I realized I was starting, I was starting to feel depressed because the sound was so loud in my head. It was one of those things where, I mean, I love these little people. I love them more than anything on the planet, but they would both shriek at the same time. And it felt so huge in my brain and made me just so uncomfortable. And I was getting irritable because of it. And it it was, it was so strange. It was just like I physically was reacting to their shrieking and the the noise level. And that was actually a huge sign to me. It is. Their screaming can drive anyone a bit over the edge there. But if you're depressed, it really is quite difficult. Um, But I'm so happy that you recognize that. And now, Dr. Noon, I'm really glad that Bianca brought up the point she did, because that perfectly transitions into the next question I wanted to ask you, which is, how does this affect the mother's sense of self as her small infant becomes a toddler? Well, I think if when things are going well, my experience is mothers feel more excited about their child. So the child has more skills and uh, going out with the child. The mother is feeling great. Uh, There's one mom who's baby went into toddlerhood and she was a sewer and so she makes herself this polka dot outfit and makes a polka dot outfit for her little girl and out they go and there is that sense of wow we're in a different stage there's more skills etc but if the mom is depressed that can really be kind of tough and what I have experienced is moms start to feel 
awful about themselves, not good enough, I'm not doing good enough, and there's a lot of guilt and kind of beating on themselves. And so to work with moms that are depressed uh, and help them kind of recover to their sense of self is really important. When we come back, we will continue our discussion about toddler transitions. We'll be right back. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome back to the show. We are continuing our discussion with Dr. Ruth Newton. Dr. Newton, how can we help our children in their socialization during transition, especially when they are interacting with older siblings? Well, this, again, in in the two stages, in the late infancy stage, 12 to 18 months, these are very young children, and they kind of need to know how we do things in our world. How does our family do things? You'll find that that young infant learns very quickly who the people in the home are, who everyone's position is, and they feel a part of it. However, sometimes, uh, especially if there's a large age range, and you mentioned an older sibling, sometimes the uh, young child does not really cotton to anyone else uh, having mom's attention. For instance, one family I'm thinking of has a 14-year-old and a new 14-month-old, And uh, we had to work with the the 14-year-old to kind of interact with the child from a little bit of a distance, use a lot of gestures so that the child felt like she was understood by the older child. So you have to work with these. It can be difficult, but not impossible. And what are the largest barriers for toddlers which cause tantrums? They want everything they want now. (laughs) (laughs) I love when I ask these questions because I'm like, I already know the answer. (laughs) I've lived this. (laughs) They see see somebody playing with a toy. They want it or it's their toy and nobody should have it. They don't have the emotional regulation uh, yet. They will, but we have to help scaffold that regulation. So this is when we really come in strong with socialization skills. I know. Oh, you want that truck, but your brother is playing with it. Should we do a five minute? Do you want to control the timer? We start to scaffold these interactions to help toddlers share because if they decide that it's not 
on their level. It's not fair. It is theirs. Then they can't do anything but kind of go into a full-out tantrum. Uh, and these can be very dramatic. Uh, toddlers are very dramatic. They have great range of feelings. And they can actually have a tantrum one minute. And then the next minute, they can come up and uh, play with you and love you, love on you as if nothing happened. That's the nature of the range of toddler feelings. Oh, yeah. And especially between the siblings, too. Especially the siblings. <laughs> One minute they're screaming, the next minute they're fine. From, like, the the deep-felt love to the, that's my truck! I'm going to throw my truck at you! <laughs> right. Oh, but Dr. Newton, we know how overwhelming this can be. So how can a mom manage her own stress from the tantrums and frustrations with a toddler? You know, as with every stage, including pregnancy, at every stage, we have to have moms being quite aware of self-care. It's like, what do you need to do in order to keep um, your own or our own regulation? Because raising kids is tough stuff. And if you have multiple kids, it's really tough. Like, I'm always asking moms, what do you do for self-care? And some will look at me as if I've, you know, asked a foreign question. They're not thinking about self-care. Like, and the other question is, do you have adult time? You know, mothers are not just mothers. They're also adult women. And we require to have some adult time. So it's a balance. And I think when moms do have the self-care that they need, it's easier to go through all of this drama that this particular, the toddler stage, really has a lot of drama in it. It kind of can, you know, straighten out a bit once they get into preschool, but it's still dramatic for a while. What's interesting about that is that I feel the trend shifting a bit, but one of the reasons I started my series was because I was feeling like I had no outlet for anything grown up and that I was struggling alone and that I really had nothing that was my own. And I had been doing what seemed like everyone else was doing, which was, look at this beautiful picture of my kid. Oh, everything's fine. Everything's happy. Everything's great. And not having any time to myself or any self-care whatsoever. But that was the trend on the internet. Like, no screen time for your children. Don't say no. Attachment, everything, you know, co-sleeping. And while I do most of those things, it's finally now I'm seeing the trend shift where people are like, stop. (laughs) Go take a day. Have a minute. It's okay. You're not a horrible parent. You're not demolishing everything that you built in the attachment in the first year or two. But that for a long time, I feel like mothers were told that, you know, to take time for yourself or to do anything that was outside of caring for your child, that especially if you're a stay-at-home mom, because that's your job, that, that was unacceptable. I think that was part of the reason I actually started feeling depressed. I was feeling very isolated and very much like I wasn't, I didn't count anymore. Yes, yes, that's exactly what I experienced too. And I do, I agree with you. I think this is starting to change. And from my uh, experience, why it's changing is that we want good attachment and children do need a lot of attunement, but you have to keep the mother going. And so it's like the adult time, the adult aspect of every woman is what I've seen is kind of under the rug. And once we start to address that, women start to feel like, oh, wow, you know, I can go out and have coffee with my friend. The child will make it through. Really, they will. Right. A big one for me also was time with my husband. 
Yes, yes. He definitely yes. didn't think, because I was very aware of making sure that he didn't feel that everything was about the kid. Because especially with my son, who was very needy and was always on the breast, like it be, and he slept in our bed because he wouldn't sleep any other way and we needed sleep. It got to a point where I really had to make an effort to you know, give my husband a hug or do something to show him that he was still a priority in my life. But at one point I turned to him and I was like, I love seeing you kiss the kids and say, I love you to the kids and snuggle the kids. I need that too. Yes, exactly right. Exactly right. We have grants where we are helping moms and infants and toddlers and it's for the mother. However, the almost the first session we ask the dads to come in because it changes the, the dynamic of the family, especially of a depressed mom. When dads kind of can uh, hear us say, do you ever go out together and help them figure out who can babysit while you have a date night? I think all parents need date nights together. You need each other. Mm-hmm. You need each other. And once that is in place, I find that mothers feel so much better. And by the way, the dads do too. Because they, uh, I had one man tell me that he lost his lover, quote, that's a quote, as soon as they had a child. And I understand that. Children take a lot. And uh, mothers are very primary in that first year. But what dads can join in and the, the marriage itself, the relationship between the parents is protected, I think it goes much better. Dr. Newton, what are some of the ways to structure our days to help our toddlers feel secure and give mom's order as well? One of the things that absolutely has to happen in this stage is routine. And I can't stress it enough. The worst times I have seen for the whole family is when there's no routine. So a routine means like, okay, we we get up at kind of a certain time and we have breakfast We go on to dinner and we do a reading uh, activity. We have a bath and we go to bed and there's a nice bedtime routine. This is, in the beginning, very difficult for toddlers. But the more this happens, the more it relieves parents of a lot of stress because once that child's in bed, they have each other, they have adult time. So I can't stress enough that this is the stage where routine matters and it matters a lot. I think it matters to the toddlers too, like not just the, the mother, but I've definitely seen a difference in my children when they know what's coming next. And if this is, it has to be like this. And I think right. it brings them comfort as well. It, well, not only comfort, it does give them comfort, but it's a, it's a part of how parents entrain the child's emotional regulation. So we're talking about how it is very important for their own neurobiology and their own future emotional regulation. It's very important. It's important for that level, but important for the parents. It's just healthy. Thanks so much, Dr. Newton, and thank you, Bianca, for joining us today in our discussion about toddler transition. And for our Newbies Club members, our conversation will continue after the end of the show as Dr. Newton will share about her game ideas for stimulating your toddler's growing brain. For more information about the Newbies Club, please visit our website at newmommymedia.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. 
I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. So before we wrap up our show, we're going to do a baby oops segment. And this is where you guys share your funny stories that have happened to you and caring for your baby during that first year. And uh, sometimes we go all the way back to pregnancy, which is what Jamie has to say. She has a funny moment um, that happened to her right after she had her baby. And so this is what she said. I had gotten used to having that shelf. You know, you were talking about that shelf with your pregnancy belly, you know, how it like creates and you can like start to eat off of it and stuff. It becomes really fun, like on months like six, seven and eight, whatever. So she says, I got used to having that shelf with my pregnancy belly and I would set a small plate, the TV remote, whatever small thing happened um, that'd be, that I was holding on top of my belly when I needed an extra hand. And then she had her baby and she says when her baby was a few days old, she did that forgetting that she didn't have oh, a baby oh. in there anymore and everything fell straight to the ground. She's like, I was so surprised I had actually forgotten I wasn't pregnant anymore. And oh my gosh, that sounds like something I would do because you do like, did anyone actually start to rely on that little shop? I still do that sometimes where I go to rest my arms there and I'm like, oh wait, (laughs) (laughs) that's not, that's not a baby belly anymore. That's just a belly. (laughs) It's so funny though, because I'm afraid someone's going to ask me that if I'm pregnant, because I do that, I hold, like I'll go to hold my belly. too though when like I'm standing in line sometimes I'll just hold my belly and then I'm just like why why am I doing that you know it's kind of like the the pregnancy equivalent of just standing there rocking back and forth when you don't even have a baby in your arms it's so (laughs) or you see a baby and all of a sudden you feel the rock coming (laughs) (laughs) exactly Oh, it's those crazy mommy brains that we have, right? It's like going back to when we were pregnant or whatever the case may be. So thanks so much, Jamie, for sending this in. If you guys have a funny baby oops, we'd love to hear it. Go to our website at newmommymedia.com. You can click on the contact link and submit it through there. Also, if you just happen to be on Facebook, because we're you know usually on Facebook, that's what we do as moms. We post pictures of our cute kids and how wonderful our life is, right? <laughs> and so um, if you're on Facebook doing that, uh, go ahead and go over to our newbies page and uh, you can just post your funny story there and we'll put it on a future show that wraps up our show for today we appreciate you listening to newbies don't forget to check out our sister show preggy pals for expecting parents parent savers for moms and dad with toddlers the boob group for moms to give breast milk to their babies and twin talks for parents and multiples thanks for listening to newbies your go-to source for new moms and new babies this has been a new mommy media production The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of New Mommy Media and should not be considered facts. While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care. 
and should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, please seek assistance from a qualified health care provider. How would you like to have your own show on the New Mommy Media Network? We're expanding our lineup and looking for great content. If you're a business or organization interested in learning more about our co-branded podcasts, visit our website at newmommymedia.com. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only, not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Hey, mamas. Don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. Visit our website, newmommymedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.